Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And one event has been missing from the Ibiza calendar for two whole years. But in less than two months from now, the International Music Summit will be back. This time, instead at the Hard Rock Hotel, it will be hosted at Destino. The event, which usually marks the beginning of the opening parties on Ibiza, is happening a month earlier this year, which many are taking as a signal that Ibiza is in for the launch of the longest ever summer season to date. Now, as more and more festivals and club nights plan to reappear in Ibiza in early spring, the IMS will start the celebrations by addressing the core values of rebuilding the music industry following the pandemic. It kicks off on April the 27th, and the three-day event will also play host once again to my favourite part of the whole thing, the IMS Legends Award Dinner, which is where I recorded today's interview back in 2014, as it felt like a moment to mark the fact that this festival Festival is making a comeback to the island because after working in London as a music journalist for the past 10 years before moving to Ibiza it was always an event I attended without fail for the past eight years since I arrived so today I'm taking us back to 2014 when I was lucky enough to grab some time with George Clinton who's essentially the godfather of funk and I spoke to him right before he was performing at the Legends Dinner alongside Niall Rogers, who was being given the title by Simon Le Bon from Duran Duran. I was amazed to meet George and blown away by his honesty in this interview about his drug use and how he came back from that. So I'm sure you'll agree he qualifies as today's Reset Rebel. George Dr. Funkenstein Clinton. <laughs> I've been de-flee, de-ticked, and I got my rabies shot, and I'm ready to bury the bone. That's very comforting indeed. What a way to begin. <laughs> How you doing? I'm great, and uh, obviously we're here at the IMS at the Hard Rock Hotel, the first opening of this place. We saw you jamming, very... Uh, I don't know what the word would even be. Enthusiastically, one might say, with Simon Le Bon and Niall Rogers the other night. Amazing. Hendrix. Yes, we had a ball in there. It was good to see Nona and Niall and Simon, you know, just having some fun in there. Now was getting his um, award and I'm glad to be a part of it. I mean, 72 and still dancing on tables. There's, there's got to be something pretty awesome about that. Oh, uh, <laughs> when the funk grab out to you, it'll drag you up on top of the table or somewhere. <laughs> what, what, what is it about that genre of music that just keeps you just literally engaged and absolutely funking out till, till, till now? It's a melodic way of doing your aerobics and disco and <laughs> exercise, and, you know, mentally and physically. Funk is like that. Funk will have you in shape and it'll have you enjoying life. And you'll just have a party all the time. I just did some some new music with um, uh, uh, what was the group from London, uh, uh, Rudimental. Did a couple songs with them, Boy George. 
Josh Stone, all of them are getting funky. There's a lot of funky groups out there now. Then Kendrick Lamar. So I've been funky with a lot of little kids nowadays. I love to funk with youngsters because that be the, the new era of the music. I mean, it's good to see someone still, you know, creating new music, new genres with new current artists. For a man like yourself, who's been in the industry for a long time, it's good to keep that vibe alive. But that's what keeps me alive. If you know, <laughs> the best way to stay up on top of what's happening is look for the music that your parents and older musicians say ain't really music. When you hear musicians say that ain't music, that's most likely going to be the next music. And when your parents say, what is that music you're listening to? It's most likely the next music. So when I hear that, that's the music I look for. How did you get into funk? It's one of the eras and genres that just encapsulate such a joyful mode, such an uplifting, resetting spirit. Well, what... It, when I heard in the 60s, late 60s, all the British groups doing blues and rock and roll, which was the music my mother listened to, my, you know. When I heard that, you know, Cream doing Spoonful and all those old blues songs and the Beatles and Rolling Stones doing rock and roll was the music I grew up with in school. I had to find some other music from that time. And funk was the, the mid-tempo music. The, da the nasty music you dance, the shaking your booty. And so that's what made me go to that music because it's from the same era as rock and roll and blues. But it was the mid-tempo. It wasn't the slow, you know, get drunk music. And it wasn't the fast jitterbug music. It was that nasty do the dog, shake your booty music. That's what drawn me to fun. I mean, you're still shaking your booty, even now, and I don't well, think you're ever going to stop until the day you die. I'm shaking my whole ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's something pretty magical about that, though, that just, like, you know, completely takes you to another place, right? Yes, yeah, once you get into it, you're gone. I mean, you, you, you're no longer... Age is no longer a, um, something to be concerned with. It's just a matter of letting go and let the music take you. It's like uh, Star Wars. Use the force, Luke. We should use the funk. <laughs> I got a new album coming out called First You Gotta Shake the Gate. In, the, in a book on my life story, I told you, it's called Brothers Be Yo Like George. Ain't that funkin' kind of hard on you? And my answer is, I was hard when I started. I'll be hard when I get through. <laughs> so how do you shake the gate? It's one of those dances, your booty's involved. That's a big gate back there. Well, it depends what sort of gate you've, gate you've got, I guess. <laughs> shake whatever gate you got. However big or small. However big or small, shake that gate. I mean, I think that that's an interesting thing because there's two types of music on this planet. There's good music and there's bad music. And, you know, I think definitely it could be said that funk is one of the best genres on this planet to sort of keep that vibe alive. That's good bad music. <laughs> that way you got everybody. I mean, you've worked with some incredible artists, Bootsy Collins, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, who, obviously, you've been working with some more current artists, as you've just been saying about your new album. Who's the best person you've worked with, most exciting, inspiring? Oh, 
That's hard to say. You know, I'm on the new album also, Sly Stone, from Sly and the Family Stone. He's been my partner for years. I, mean, I love working with him. He's one of the most genius musicians in the world. And he's on the new album along with Soul Clap. Um, I had more fun, even though we got in trouble all the time. You know, you know, drugs was always a part of the thing. I cleaned up now, so but he's still the the person I like working with. Chili Peppers, same way. I mean, I was chatting to Andrew Sheps, who's one of their producers, and he says that they're very, very, very good fun to hang out with. He felt like the fifth Chili Pepper. <laughs> I have a ball with those guys. Shaking the gate together. Shaking the gate. I gave them, you know, you used to rock out with their sock with their socks on the guy. I gave them what I call snuffleupagus, <laughs> the elephant trunk. It was a jock strap with the elephant trunks. So I gave each one of them that, so they wouldn't have to wear those big socks. The socks was much too big for them. <laughs> So I gave them their snuffleupaguses. What do they make of that? They love it. They, they drop their pants and they all got elephant ears <laughs> in the trunk. So is that how you recorded the new album? That's just how we did it. We've got pictures like that. <laughs> I really want to see them. It's, they're around. <laughs> I mean, George, when you're when you're doing so much music, you say you used to take drugs and party and like get on it and have a great time with all these amazing people you've worked with. How do you reset? What's the thing you do to take downtime to sort of you know completely chillax, relax, you know, get away from it all and make yourself feel good? Fishing to reset. I go fishing. I get on the boat and out into the water, and that's where I can chill out and just drift off and, and I write a lot of songs out on the boat that's my other life that's your reset button that's my reset button <laughs> and I mean if you've been out clubbing here in Ibiza have you checked out the scene EDM What's, what do you think of it it's a it's like a permanent spring break like in, in the states when we have spring break all the college kids go out all along the east coast hotels and beaches this reminds me of that it looked like it's like that year round. <laughs> it's like a club island. You haven't been out shaking the gate in Ibiza? Well, I've been uh, one place, I forgot, but it was at somebody's house. I haven't been to the club yet. But it looked like all the clubs was jamming. But so that, so is the people's houses I've been to. They have big sound system in their house. And we jammed now, myself, known that we was all over a friend of ours' house. So. And at the dinner. And for dinner, yeah. I mean, if there was two things that you wish you'd known then that you do know now, that maybe someone had told you as a child or back in the day when you were a little bit younger, a little bit less uh, informed or wise as you are now, what would those three things be? All of them would be about watching your back while you, if you got a hit record, you're a star. The management, the lawyers and the accountants, and the record it's a like it's predatory. I mean, sure, you get high, you want to get high. Everybody gets high. They party, they drink, or they smoke, or they do whatever they do. But I wish I'd known you can't do those things and take care of your business because the concept of it, I'm gonna say it on the radio, it's called you get fucked up. You wants to get fucked up, so when you get fucked up, you fuck up things. And so you fuck up your business. If I'd have known that I'd have, made, I'd have got high, but I'd have been very aware that I didn't get too fucked up. <laughs> and, and that's all three of those things. All three of those things would be 
be careful with your parties. Have the parties. You can, kids gonna have parties. Kids gonna do whatever you tell them not to do. No is the greatest aphrodisiac there ever was. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it, being that way, if you can just know that, don't be too against no as a kid. That's how you learn. That's, I mean, that's what inter, in, intelligence is. It's why. I mean, the question that, that makes you smart, you, you say why, and you create new things, trying to figure out why this. And so, but in doing that, you're taking a hell of a chance because parents protect their kids by telling them don't do cross the street, don't play in the street, don't play with fire. Those, those are the things that's the only way they know to tell you until you can understand when they explain it to you. When you say no, you should be have a way of explaining why you said no. Because just saying no by itself is really a temptation. When they said just say no, that was the worst thing they could have ever said about drugs. Just say no. No, if you're going to say no, you better be ready to explain. Just like you would with fire or crossing the street or anything else to a kid. Because otherwise the kid going to do it just to find out. It can prove you wrong. And get you in trouble for the most part. <laughs> you maintain that kind of you know that that ability to continue keeping the funk on like when you're yeah. doing the funk you can do I can do that high so in any way any other thing but it don't mean that all the rest of my life is as happy as the funk is good but that's what saved me that's what kept me in spirit enough to be able to stop doing the drugs and st still do what I wanted to do because when it started threatening my music that's what I really took me to 70 to figure that out, 69 to figure that out, that it was threatening the music, because I didn't realize that they were taking advantage of me being out there. I mean, I knew people still, but I always thought I could make such records that it wouldn't matter. I could always pull them back because they're going to want this money. They do, but they stole so much, they're scared now that if I'm clear, I may be proof they stole it. So... When you say getting high, do you just mean smoking a few doobies or what? I smoke crack. I was a crackhead. And <laughs> <laughs> ain't no, ain't no simpler way of saying it. I smoke crack and I have fun smoking crack. I probably still would be smoking crack if it didn't mess up the music. I'm not gonna go around and say I didn't wish I hadn't done it. I don't. If you did it, you did it. <laughs> ain't no I don't wish I hadn't done it. I got the education. I'm glad I got out. In time and anybody else that's doing it, if I influence you at all, let me influence you to get out of it. Because it's not even real good dope. Most of the crack now is not even cocaine, so I wasn't even smoking what I thought I was smoking. I was smoking baking soda, getting fat and blowing up. I quit about three years now and lost almost 100 pounds. You look amazing. Thank you. I feel good, too. I feel like I can start all over again in my career. And you have, and it's obviously working because you look absolutely overjoyed, but you're performing the other night, which is a beautiful thing to see. Oh, I had a ball the other night. But I look up, like Nona, the girl, her and Patti LaBelle, I used to do their hair when they were 16 years old. I'm a beautician, too. Really? Yes, I, I, did, I started out doing that. And, um, I used to do her hair. Last time I did Nona's hair, like 97, 98, in France, Paris. That's how you began as a hairdresser. I began as a hairdresser. I forgot. Yeah. Barbara. Yeah. And I did women hair too. So, so me and her, both of us, we were the same age. 
She was up on top of the table too. <laughs> we was having a ball because that's what we used to do back in our teenage days. We was the bell, Parliament, we jamming back since the late, early 70s, we, us since the 50s. But them, they came out, well, she came out in 60, 59, 59, 60. Yeah, she came out, the bell came out in 60. So we, we go way back. Jumping up on the table was part of it. But how did you go from like barbering in a in a in a shop? Barbering, barbering was only a part-time job, so I could actually be a singer. I was already singing in grade school. We had the group in grade school, and doing hair—that's the way you kept your hair stage-worthy by doing each other's hair. That's how we learned to be barbers. And that's how the parliaments were born. That's how Parliament was born. The doing each other's hair. Doing each other's hair and then go to the barbershop, fix it, and then practice in the barbershop like a barbershop crew. Got our first record out in 57, but it took uh, probably another 10 years before we got a hit record. 67 was testified. And how did that feel? Felt great. The first hit record was then, then um, 75, 70, uh, 76 was um, 77 was uh, um, we want the funk, give up the funk. Every 10 years we got a hit record. How does it feel to still be hearing people copying that sound now? Oh, it feels good because it's like it's brand new. All the kids, all the clubs, and all the young kids do it. So it feels good to be able to, you know, because like I said, parent, kids hate their parents' music. They hate their big brothers and sisters' music. I think we're one of the first ones that able to enjoy parents and their parents and their parents' parents. Enjoy something because of sampling, because of hip-hop. They kept the music alive. They kept the funk alive by sampling loops and things. I can tell that, yeah, there's been a lot of artists that have copied your style over and over again. Sample, Dr. Dre, all of the current hip-hop artists. You know, and I'm glad, I, like I said, I, I watched Dre when he was about 17 or 18. They had a group, at a club called Uncle Jam's Army, and we let them use it. That was the name of our record company. So, yeah, I watched all of them use the music, and I'm glad they did. It kept us alive. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up Cause you know we're about to rip shit up Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble Now, I also managed to grab a quick chat with IMS co-creator Pete Tong, who will also be there this year once again, co-presenting the summit with BBC Radio 1 broadcaster Jaguar. For the first time, the IMS will have a no-panel policy and instead hold a series of keynotes, lectures, conversations, workshops and sessions with industry leaders. I caught up with him in 2014, right after he got awarded his MBE, to find out how that felt. It was a surprise. It's a bit of a surreal experience, but it's been it's been a great honour, um, a lot of fun. Uh, I got to go to the palace um, in March, so took a lot of my family. So um, yeah, it was yeah. It's, what can I say? Has <laughs> that has that changed anything? <laughs> um, not really. Coincidentally, I left the country to spend a lot of time in America in September. 
So, um, and I, I mean, we, you know, it's been joked about it. It took me to leave the country to get ignored, to get acknowledged. But um, no, I think probably if I was walking the streets of London every day, maybe it was it'd be a bit more different. But um, I, I reside mostly now in LA. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'd get served quicker at the butchers if I was there. I don't know. Probably not, though. Probably not. <laughs> so you're back here, obviously, at the IMS, the seventh uh, edition of this this festival. Everyone's kind of like hobnobbing together. All the um, I mean, it's obviously last year you were interviewing Nile Rogers, sort of uh, chatting and and sort of engaging with him and getting that discourse out to all of the music industry people he- gathered here. This year he's getting the the Heroes Award or you know the similar kind of accolade, I guess, for his services to the music industry. How are you? feeling about that dinner tonight yes yeah, it's, it's always um it's become a big um part of the event um i was lucky enough to be honored with it a few years ago so it's a special night um it really fits in with w- what we're doing it was um it's not exactly an awards ceremony but it's our it's in a way it's our awards ceremony kind of our answer to the rock and roll hall of fame so in that inducting people to you know to get to get that honor um you know, it's important to us. I think Niall, obviously, he's not a DJ per se. A record of the delightful piece they're going to play this evening. But the way he um, came to us a couple of years ago, I mean, it all started really from him writing his book, Le Freak. Um, I'm, I'm kind of quite a big reader, especially when it comes to music. And um, I read the book and it just absolutely blew me away. He's, it was so candid and it was so personal and it was so engaging and it was really, really inspiring. And um, believe it or not, I ended up t- tweeting him um, out of the blue, you know, Niall, you know, I'd love to get in contact with you. Um, and then he hit me back or followed me, which then enables you to send a private message. So then I asked him um, whether he'd be interested in coming to the IMS, and he said yes. And that's that was the start of the cycle. And then he, he actually came to us two years ago. Um, and it was at a time, then by, the, by the time he got with us, so that obviously he'd been ill as well, he was fighting cancer. Um, and uh, yeah, when he came to the island, he just, I don't know, he just lit him up and he engaged in the conference in such a special way. And he, he probably gave one of the greatest um, interviews two years ago um, that we've ever done. It's the point where he was standing on stage playing his guitar with everyone singing and clapping and of course it was a time when he he worked with Dark Punk, Dark Punk but he couldn't talk about it so we, you know we knew about that but it was it was just a it was a great day and um, then he was he wanted to come back last year and he did it again um, as kind of part two to follow up after the Daft Punk record actually got released and here and we just thought well he's He's, he made such a mark with us that we we wanted to give him that honour. So that's why he's, that's what it is. Quite nice to have come the full circle with him then. Yeah, very much. I mean, very much. And for me, even more poignantly, because really when I started DJing um, in the seventies, <laughs> as a kid, I was playing. You know, the first thing I really articulated as a young boy was was. Uh, you know, you start out when you're 13, 14, playing records. You play, you don't really know. You don't start out going, I want to be an underground DJ. You just play music you like. And I was playing pop music, but it was really through the start, you know, through disco um, and through chic that I kind of gravitated to know. I knew I wanted to play dance music and funk and soul and, and, and disco more than anything else. And that could, so it was really his music was symbolic to me in terms of starting to specialise um, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do I didn't want to play pop records anymore I just wanted to play music like that so Dance 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 was one of my biggest records when I started out um, and it was you know it was, the era, it was the first time 12 Inches came out and stuff like that so it's, it ticks a lot of boxes for me <laughs> 
you know I guess the LA leg of this uh, summit that's obviously or the engaged part of it that's just been in LA your new home yeah. I mean how does this compare I guess you know chatting to Niall and, and maybe like the likes of Giorgio Moroder is he one of the highlights for you? Um, well it's always been about combining you know we want the original concept behind this thing was um, part of it was, was repositioning Ibiza and, and, and the way people thought about Ibiza but the other part of it was <laughs> partners particularly me and Ben were inspired by what Ted were doing because we and that's kind of where we came up with the word summit because we wanted to um, we wanted to bring inspirational speakers to Ibiza to talk to our group and our, and our gang kind of thing um, and our business associates and inspire them and that's what we tried to do over the years and you know that's why we reached out to, to Giorgio and, and Niall because they were there at the beginning of you know, dance music story really um, and that's why we've got Paul McGuinness here some people will say well why have you got the manager or ex-manager or legendary manager of U2 with you with it? but I think we've got so much to learn from someone like that if you ask the right questions so that'd be my responsibility tomorrow but um, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what it's all about I was just having a great chat to Andrew Sheps as well, one of the great producers and mixers and recorders of some of the um, incredible albums that we've had from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, etc. It's great, you know, that you do bring this to Ibiza every year, the home of electronic dance music. How are you feeling about your summer here this summer? You haven't got a set residency, but you're going to be dipping in and out of various different parties. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm always excited about playing Ibiza. It's um, now obviously residing in LA. It's just changed it, the, the um, practicality of it a little bit for me. Um, so I it was it was harder to just hold down, you know, you're being here from the end of May to the start of October's. Hi, this is Manu Gonzalez and you are listening to the Reset Rebel. So I'm here with uh, Manu Gonzalez here at the IMS Festival at the Hard Rock hotel good good morning hello good morning how are you doing really I'm nice to see you again <laughs> so nice to see you again and yeah. um, to bump into you i think um it, it's quite funny for me because obviously we met like uh, about i don't know a few years back when yeah. you were about 12 years old yeah. and you were uh, <laughs> just starting your music career as an ibiza born and bred talent so yeah. it's beautiful to see you now talking here about all of this exciting stuff yeah. going on in your world it's yeah, like exploded yeah, yeah it's, it's good. as you say you know I, I think we met when i was really really young and and uh, yeah, all I did is just sell music on the record store, you know, and play records. And you know, I went to to study music production outside Ibiza to try to to make my future. And now it's everything is paying off. You know, I I met uh, Danny Whittle, who is uh, is is something really important in my career. You he's know, a legend. And, and he's a legend. You know, something somebody that really really believed me since I was nobody. And uh, now it's paying off, and yeah, we have so many things going on, and yeah. Everybody so needs someone like that in their life, though, no? Like yeah, a mentor, yeah, someone yeah, to really like yeah. back them up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like that's it. You know, I met Danny when I was like uh, eighteen or nineteen, and he believed in me. You know, he listened to my records, and he said, "I'm, I, you know, I want to push you. You know, I want to, I want to take care of you." And I was like, "Wow, over the moon!" You know, Danny's is not only the. The one who has created the IMS, you know, it's also been on Pasha for 30 years, you know, and he's, he's a legend, you know, in the music industry. And yeah, he's he's pushing me, but I'm paying off, you know. I'm. It's not that nobody's gonna give you anything that you know you, you don't have, you know. It's like it's the, he's not gonna release my my releases, you know, and I'm not gonna. But it's it's just we have an amazing team, you know, and and yeah, I love him so much, <laughs> and it's going good. I'm really happy, you know. Uh, the summer is is 
looks like it's going to be this busiest summer of my life. You know, I'm going to be playing for uh, High on on Thursdays with Luciano. What are you thinking about the High launch this it's summer? I mean, it's it's you know, obviously amazing. it's an institution. There's a lot of eyes. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot yeah. of stress going on yeah. behind the scenes right now before yeah. this launch. Like, what are we expecting from High this summer? It's quite exciting. It's going to be incredible. You know, I, I you know. As a Nibithenkan born and bred, you know, I think the island needs to needs to move forward, you know, and the, the, the changes are always good, you know, there is many people that say, oh, it's, it's not space anymore, it's not this, oh, it's not that, but, you know, we, we, we need changes, you know, we need things to give to the to the people from, who comes from outside, because we, sometimes people don't think that we live only for the tourism, you know, for the music, for the clubs, for the hotels. So I think it's something incredible, you know. And I think all the clubs they they gonna need to step up their work, you know, because for for what I heard, they have the the next level things of everything, everything you can imagine on a club. They had it, you know. They're gonna have to though. I mean, you've taken away basically everyone's favorite nightclub on the island, yeah. unless you replace it with something killer. People <laughs> yeah. are gonna be not happy. No, it's gonna be super killer, as you said. And and yeah, I had, as I said, I had not the pleasure to be there yet. But I heard crazy things. I they, they, because at the beginning they say we're not going to change it too much and this and that. But no, it's not real. If you go now uh, in front of the club anywhere outside, it's already new. You know, it's so it's totally different. And uh, yeah, really, really excited to be there next Sunday. You know, I'm going to fly from uh, We Are Festival on Sunday on time to just check the club and and really, really excited to see what's what's going on there. Manu here. Gonna come? I'm going to be there with yes. bells on, baby. <laughs> Talk to me. We're here on The Reset Rebel. This show is all about wellness in Ibiza. And today we've got a lecture here at the IMS, the International Music Summit, here at the Hard Rock Hotel, talking about health versus hedonism. Now, you know, you've obviously just sort of started out to a degree. You're still very young. You've still got no wrinkles on your little baby face. How do you stay sane? How do you stay healthy when you're like out all night, crazy late night, hardly any sleep? The temptation is obviously to get high, to get on it, to stay the duration. But how do you stay sane? How do you stay healthy and fit and well in this industry? Because, you know, it, it doesn't make sense, you know, when things are going good, you know. I remember, yeah, of course I love a drink, you know. I'm not going to tell, no, I'm the most healthy guy in the world and I don't drink. But, um, you know, when things are going well, you know, you don't you just want to wake up and, and just go to the studio, you know, check your email or, you know, it's not worth anymore to go out the club at 7 a.m. and just being with the the wrong people, you know, hanging out with the wrong people or maybe missing a day of work or missing a day of uh, a deadline of a remix you need to give. When 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 you do that, you know you're not going to go somewhere, you know, you want to go, you know, and, and um, you're here for a long time, not a good time is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah that's it, you know. When, You've got to go the duration. Yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, that, that's it, you know. Of course I have my day offs I can rave until 7 a.m. you know and then if I want to just sleep all day or you know I, I know I have these days you know but it's not necessary for example on Monday I've been on so I played Friday Saturday Sunday and then on Monday I wanted to go to DC 10 you know and, and have a little dance you know and check the DC 10 crew and then I knew what did you make of it I was there on Monday too it was amazing yeah, I, yeah it was amazing but I had no I had no alcohol you know I went there drinking juices and drinking water because I knew the next day I had to be here on the Hard Rock with the IMS crew, you know, which is the most important week of, of the year for me and for many people because it's Ibiza openings, of course, high is opening, you know, it's a, it's a year of changes. So I think just um, it's all about being focused, you know, and, and, and 
knowing where where you want to go where you want to be you know what's your dream how much did you work to be here you know uh, having all these interviews and having uh, all these gigs when i wake up i go uh, i have a coffee and uh, i do sport and Talk us um, through it, Manu. i play football as well tuesdays and fridays and uh, and i do hikes i love to go for a walk especially when before i do studio i i go along with danny actually with my manager and uh, we just uh, take um, his dogs and we go for long walks, you know, around the island, around the coast, you know, where, where it's really inspiring and, and really good, you know, because the energy is also refreshing you. And then after you do all those things, the, the thing that makes me really focus is that after you stayed on a spinning class for one hour or just playing football or whatever, you really don't want to go out and get off your face, you know, because your body don't, is not ans- asking for that, you know, your body's just asking for go Green for juice. nice food. Yeah, green juice. A big salad you know. and a green juice. Yeah, yeah, that's it, you know. But um, I think it's all about... I, I'm not a, re- a guy who drinks a lot of alcohol. and um, the odd tequila. No, yeah, I love the tequila, don't take me wrong. But I'm not a guy who will uh, drink a beer for lunch mm. or wine for lunch. or Because there is a lot of people that do that. And then by 9 o'clock, you absolutely off your face, you know, to be honest. So I think it, it really helps me doing that and... and and yeah, the sport on the mornings, I think it's, it, it activates me, you know, and then uh, when I finish the sport and maybe it's 12 o'clock and I go to the studio, it's like, I just want to be here until 8 o'clock and then just have an early night. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. Coming to you every day.